Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Now fellas, there is something that you never ask a woman. I tell you what, I'm just going to read the email from Ralph. Ralph writes the following out of Las Vegas, Nevada, right here in town. I went on a date with a lady recently, and there was a question that was rattling around in my mind. I'm only 29, she was 35. I noticed she had a little gut. I never dated a woman with a gut before, and I asked her what was in that pouch. She gave me a real dirty look. I think I said the wrong thing. Most of the girls I've dated have been younger than me, and they didn't have a pouch in the front. Do you think I fucked up? Ralph, Las Vegas, Nevada. Ralph, you fucked up with a capital F with exclamation point. You never ask a woman what's in that pouch. (laughs) There is a lot of nutrition in that pouch. Because more than likely she carried a baby in it. And she's got the baby fat and can't lose it. Now. Some women will say a man is a man if he could lift up her belly and get to the goods. I agree. But then again, it pretends, It also depends on the magnitude of the belly. Because if she's got a lot of it, you might have to use your shoulder. But that's all right. You can still get there. But never, ever, as a young man, let me tell you something. Let me give you a little advice. Do not criticize a woman's body. The one thing you got to understand as a man the first thing you want to do if you're interested in a woman is to choose the body type of the woman you want to be with first before you get a chance to get to know her. Because that physical aspect of her is going to have an impact on not only the way you treat her, it's going to also have an impact on the way you appreciate her. Men who go for the physical frame of the woman they want they're usually much happier. And the reason being, physically, they got that woman they can lust after, that they wanted to lust after. But you have a lot of guys that are just trying to get a woman, any kind of woman. I told you, I was with a woman one time, and we were doing doggy style, and I went to grab her ass, and I forgot she didn't have one. And I was like, oh, damn. It happens. 
So what I am saying is physically, you should go for the woman that would best suit you. A lot of you ladies pass some good opportunities backpedaling, telling guys, well, I'm fat, I got stretch marks, I'm old, I got cankles, my breasts hang down. Lady, if he's in front of your face trying to talk to you, he wants you. If he didn't, he wouldn't be there. Now, there's some guys that will go and sleep with anybody, true enough. But as women, you can filter out those guys. You already know. You've heard it all from these guys. But what men don't like to see is you self-deprecate, where you're cutting yourself down, beating yourself up. Because we look at that as, okay, let's see how much damage was done in the past to see how much work we'd have to do in the future. That was one thing about Monica. I remember one night she said, you must really like the way I'm built. I said, yes. She said, I can tell. She said, we got to lay off sex for a while because I'm sore. She said, but I love you. I said, that's cool. And then about 15 minutes later, come on, baby. I'm like, look, you said you were sore. I know, but the pain feels so good. I'm like, well, damn. up there telling her mother, oh, he needs a feeding. And her mom was like, a feeding? Then she finally got it. That was her way of saying she's ready to have sex. It was weird, but it was cool. You will run across people that are out there and they're trying to get whatever they can get, whomever they can get. Those people are more than likely going to cheat on you. They're opportunists. That's what most cheaters are. I remember when I was married, this lady tried to hit, hit on me at work. I said, I'm married. She's like, okay, I'm married too. So what? I said, no, you don't understand. You can't do the things my wife does because she knows my body better than you would ever know. I'd have to teach you what works for me. She already knows what works for me. I already know what works for her. We kind of got it like that where we're in sync. Also, what you're trying to say is that I wouldn't be good enough. I bet you I keep it. Well, I said, I don't have no time for that. And she went on to another guy in the office and slept with him. And that was the worst mistake he could have ever made. Because after he didn't want to get involved with her, oh boy, she dragged him all over the office. Rumors started. And eventually they got rid of a messy ass. So guys, remember, with every woman, there's a risk. Doesn't necessarily mean you got to avoid them. Doesn't mean you got to be scared or anxious. 
But if a woman tells you that if she sleeps with you, that you're hers or something like that, expect crazy shit to happen if you cheat on her. Expect crazy shit to happen if you have too many female women around you, uh, female women, female girlfriends around you. Or I'm talking about ex-girlfriends and friends. Oh, they're going to try to isolate the hell out of you. Because they may be dealing with separation anxiety, other kind of issues. Once that happens, hmm, yeah, those relationships are hard to get out of. It's just like stepping in tar. They have no emotional control and very limited emotional intelligence. Very little discipline. I will never forget one of my, I think it was my second job out of the military. I was working for this freight forwarding company. And this one guy that worked at across at another desk, he was outside in the parking lot and he'd listen to his music and eat his lunch in the car. Well, I saw everybody walk, you know, towards the door. And they were like, oh my God. This woman had pulled into the parking lot and went ham on this man. She had a tire iron. She was hitting the front of the car, hitting the hood, knocking the lights out. What had happened? He didn't come home after work the night before. He went over to a friend's house to spend the night because they lived out in Paris, California. Well, we worked over there in Rancho Dominguez, AKA Compton. And this woman came to the job, messed his car up. Called the police, police came. It was a mess. So he comes back into the building. And he was explaining to us that, hey, you know, she's crazy because If he comes home late from work, she's upset, they have an argument. And being that he didn't come home last night because he was over at a friend's house because he didn't feel like driving all the way out to Paris, and that's a pretty long ways from Los Angeles or from Compton. It was crazy because he was talking about some of the things he had to contend with, and we were just cringing as he talked to us about it. He was not allowed to buy any fast food and bring it home. He was not allowed to eat in anyone else's house. She had a whole list of rules that he couldn't do, and he was pissed off going off through all all those things. And when he drove that car out of that parking lot after work, taillight busted out, back window busted out, It was a bad, bad situation for him. He had a rental car the next day. Following week, he had quit the job. Drama. So you got to be careful about who you have as your partner because some of them will act out and will act up and will overact and overreact. 
Because sometimes when you're starting out with a person, everything may be cool, and then all of a sudden you got that obstruction. It happens. Hell, you could be on a plane, and all of a sudden, like the people on the Lufthansa flight going from uh, Dallas to Germany, they lost 4,000 feet within seconds. They dropped 4,000 feet because of turbulence. I'm sure that scared the bat shit out of everybody on that plane. Hell, I was on one flight overseas. I'll never forget, we had a damn air pocket. Shit, everybody went flying. One lady was in her seat. She had her seat belt off. Hell, she was in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> I can laugh about that shit now, but that shit wasn't funny then. And the pilot was like, oh, we'll need everyone to get back in their seat. Shit. That air pocket knocked everybody out of the seat. Food went everywhere. Never forget that. Because you got to remember, when you're flying one of those damn aluminum tubes up in the air, you ain't got much to protect you. So with that, what I'm saying is, you never know when a relationship may become turbulent. That person could be fine one minute, next minute. We're like, whoa, where the hell did that come from? In other words, what I'm telling you is never put someone above reproach when it comes down to their actions because you don't know. You don't know. I was watching a case on one of the shows the other night. And everybody that they put on the witness stand at this guy's case said how his trial about how nice he was, how he was a family man, how he loved his wife, and he was up for murdering his wife. And so they had the daughters up there, his son, everybody was talking about how much of a wonderful dad he was and a wonderful man. And against his attorney, he went up there on the witness stand. And of course, during direct... His attorney was asking him kind of like the softball questions. And he was answering them. And he, he was coached. You could tell that. Well, when that prosecutor got a hold of his ass, that woman took his jacket damn near and ripped it in half. And the way she started off was by asking him about a woman. Right up her name. Defense tried to say that they were introducing somebody into the case that was that they weren't privy to. And what the prosecutor told him, maybe you should have talked to your client about this particular individual. And they had her as a witness. He had a scheme set up with this woman. where the guy she was dating, she was going to talk him into killing this man's wife. And in turn, he was going to get a portion of the insurance money. 
when the prosecutor brought that up about the relationship that they had. It tripped him up. He had been coached for a lot of stuff, but he didn't think that that was going to come up. And he didn't tell his attorney. Attorney didn't have a clue. Well, first thing he said was it was her idea. Talking about the mistress's idea. When that woman got on the witness stand, the only thing she did was to say that I had recorded him. What she had done was used her audio app on her phone, left it in her purse, and recorded some of their conversations. And she did that to protect her ass because she wasn't going to go all the way through with it. She had cold feet. She was even trying to talk him out of it, but he was adamant about it. They didn't have any evidence to really pin on him outside of her testimony and him on the audio tape. Well, eventually, it got to a point where he was looking for a plea deal. Prosecutor said, nope, we offered you that in the beginning. You didn't take it. No, we're going all the way through this trial. Should have told us that before we assembled a jury. That was it. The problem for him was he had killed his wife because the guy that the girlfriend was supposed to get to do it went to the police. He wanted to clear himself. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. And of course, the police got to the girlfriend. They didn't want to get charged with conspiracy. As a matter of fact, they got immunity. They weren't going to be charged with anything. And so finally, he confessed. They exhumed the woman's skeletal remains. It was in a park, one of these national forests. And he was asked, why did he do it? And he said he had married the wrong woman. She wasn't what he wanted her to be. After 20 some odd years of marriage, he came up with that excuse, that lame ass excuse, taking that woman's life when he could have divorced her early in the marriage, before they had kids. Chose not to. The sad thing was that lady that he was having the affair with, they ran her out of town. Her employer let her go. The place she was renting her house from told her she had to move. And would have nothing to do with it. She had to move to another state.
in order to make it. Some people just don't know how to say you're not the one. You don't want to be that person. If it's somebody you don't need to be with or don't want to be with, tell them and end it. Go on and find someone else. Let them live their lives where they could do the same. Only common courtesy. You're going to hold your life up in a fucked up relationship with somebody that you really can't get along with. Don't get it. More in a moment. All right, folks, um, what we're going to do on this particular show, I'm going to play an excerpt. And one thing I want to stress, this is only this woman's opinion. It only happens to her in regards to her recommendations, her experience. When it comes down to a lot of things as far as uh, some of her experiences, she's only going by hearsay. So in no way is this an indictment for any company, organization, or entity on this excerpt. It's only one person's opinion. People are entitled to that. But that's it. We're not going to condone or endorse any of these recommendations. Now, this young lady is what is called a veteran stripper by her account here in Las Vegas. And I thought it was something that would be of interest to you because some of you ladies have written in in the past about becoming a stripper. And I can tell you one thing for sure. It's very competitive. And she will explain to you some of the downsides to it. But one thing that I will say There are very few women that really make a lot of money in this profession. Now, in Los Angeles, at the firm I worked for, we had strippers that would come in. And on occasions, they would have garbage bags full of money sometimes. Sometimes they'll have it in a briefcase, you name it. And most often than not, We'd put it in an account machine. A lot of times it was less than $9,000. They would think they have a lot of money because many of them really weren't making that much money on the jobs they had before. So if you're a cashier somewhere and you're making 11 bucks an hour, you see a whole stack of ones, fives, twenties, and a few hundreds in there and you think you really hit the jackpot. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some women out there that are very successful at this profession that make hundreds of thousands into the millions. Very few. Most of the women that I've known that have been strippers, they had a high burn rate, meaning that they would make the money. They might make $5,000 in one night, and blow it before the end of the week. 
And of course, you would have the perpetual, oh, I'm saving up to go to college, saving up to go to school, I'm going to get out of the profession. And what happens, the addiction to the money keeps them there. Many of these women wind up scrambling in their late 30s, early 40s when they're not drawing the kind of money anymore for a man. They're looking for stability. They want a relationship. Now, there are many reasons why women get into stripping. As you know, I'm not one that condones it. I just don't see the purpose for paying somebody to dance for me. If I got to pay somebody to dance on me and to act like they care about me, that's pretty damn pathetic. While there are women who would do that for free. And that money that I would spend wasting on that stripper, I could spend it on a date with the woman that's dancing on me for free. At least I have the possibility of having a relationship with her. But, you know, for some guys, that's an ego trip because they want to make it rain. There are a lot of men that have thrown away their retirement and their future making it rain. A lot of them wish they had that money back. I was talking to a friend recently. He used to make it rain a lot because he would go to the strip clubs all the time. Now he's on Social Security. Wishing he had every dime of that money back. But, of course, he was young, trying to impress the women. This is the reason why I tell you guys, the most trouble you ever get into when you're young will be trying to impress a woman. The thing to understand is this. The more you do to try to impress her, the less the less adequate you are for her. See, when a woman takes you in as her man, she's saying, okay, you've made all the measures to be my man. You deserve to be him, or at least for us to have a conversation. A lot of those guys that are doing too much, they keep doing too much. That's the reason why they don't get the woman. And those that don't, they have to pay their way. Now, there are some of you ladies that are thinking that, well, the Super Bowl is going to be coming to Vegas. And this will probably be the life of Riley for some of you. This young lady explains some of the things that she had to go through and again I can't stress enough this is her own personal experience so do not think for a moment that this can apply to you and also I want you to understand that this has no reflection on any of the entities that she discusses I haven't been to any of them so I would not know She works in the industry, and this is what she does and what she has done. So the first excerpt we're going to listen to is about 
what it takes in order to be a stripper in Las Vegas. Step number one, call any strip club and ask them if they're hiring. A lot of these clubs are gonna tell you what days to come in and what times to come in. You will have to wear a two-piece and stripper heels. And as for auditions, a lot of these clubs are gonna have you audition on stage where there's customers and everyone's watching you, a minimum of two songs. But a lot of these clubs will ask you to have like a private dance with just the house mom and the manager and just make you dance around the pole once or they'll just make you you know walk around the pole because they just want to see your body also depending on the club if it's fully nude or topless if they make you do two songs they'll make you remove your top first if it's fully nude they'll make you remove your bottoms once you get hired they will let you know what shift you get there's morning shift, day shift, night shift, and anytime shift. And anytime shift is like the shift that you want because you can literally work whenever you want. Once you get hired, they're gonna make you fill out a bunch of paperwork. Then they're gonna ask you that you are gonna need to get your sheriff's card and your business license. Also, just a small little side tip, if they hire you, some clubs will let you work that night and I highly recommend that you work that night. So this is where you're gonna need to go if you're from Las Vegas. You're gonna have to go to the Las Vegas Police Department and you're gonna have to get a ticket. You're gonna have to sit there for a long time. So I highly recommend that you go early, early in the morning or towards closing time. They're gonna take pictures of you, almost like got arrested and fingerprint you and just get literally everything of you. So this is how a sheriff's card looks like. This is gonna cost you around $100 and you will receive it the same day. Next is your business license. This is a really old business license of mine. This is going to cost you $200 and I'm going to show you exactly where to get it on the website. So this is the website right here. It's nvsilverflume.gov and that's where you get your business license. So once you pay for your business license, they're going to send you an email and in that email, you're going to want to send that email to the club that you're going to work at so they know that you obtained your business license. Also, just a little side note, make sure you renew your business license every single year or else you'll have to pay $800. And also make sure you renew your sheriff's card. So according to her, as you can see, there's no free lunch. So you look at from what she's saying, you're talking $100 for the sheriff's card that is renewable every two years, I think she said. Um, you also have to deal with the business license, which is renewable every year. So you're talking about $400 roughly just to start up to be a stripper in Las Vegas legally. Now, some of you from out of state who are strippers, you know, I'm sure you have a different opinion. Those of you even here in Vegas may have different opinions. We're not here to debate that. This is just to show you, because a lot of you ladies are considering this profession. It's very competitive. It's tough. But we're going to go on and uh, we're going to look at some of her recommendations and her opinions on your strip clubs. And once again, 
This is in no way an indictment on any of the entities involved. This is only one person's opinion. Just like I'm only one person and I have my opinion on this show. Just like each of you. And like I said before, the show is about educating you on different aspects of the human condition when it comes to relationships. Now, as a side note, many of you are wondering, well, what does strippers have to do with a relationship? Ladies, let me tell you something. A good percentage of men spend money on them. These women don't get money out of thin air, out of osmosis. Single men? But there are a lot of married men that actually hit the household budget for this activity. There are some couples that go to strip clubs. The wife wanted to go to make sure that Nothing's done out of line. But we're going to show the good, the bad, and some of the ugly from this woman's experience only. Now, she posted this on TikTok, and um, I thank her for doing so. Hopefully, I can get her on the show one day. So we have a better uh, rapport. But this is to give you the insight. Because, see, some of you glamorize this profession. But again, it's very competitive. Just because you're a stripper doesn't mean you're making money. I was under the impression years ago that women made a hell of a lot of money doing it. Until. I had to count some of the money that they brought in. Because these women wanted to invest in certain financial vehicles. And it was just amazing. And these were some gorgeous women. And they would even say, I'm not drawing the kind of money that one of the other girls draws. Some of them had nice homes out in West L.A., Beverly Hills, condos, exotic sport cars, and all the rest. But it was a small handful. Just like with anything else, the cream of the crop is always going to rise to the top. And many of these women know that that money is short-lived. I know you're sick of me talking, and uh, I'm going to play the next excerpt, and I'll be right back afterwards. If you're thinking of stripping in Las Vegas, I'm going to give you some club recommendations to work at and to not work at. Little Darlings. So you don't want to work at Little Darlings because it is fully nude, which is not really fun. And it's really, really ghetto and it's 18 and up. You will make money there, I'm not gonna lie, but it's just really ghetto. Number two, Palomino. 
So Palomino is a really great strip club. This is the first strip club I worked at years ago and it is 18 and up and it's fully nude, which is not really fun, but you will make so much money here. Next on the list, Spearmint Rhino. Spearmint Rhino is such a good club. I've worked here, I've made a lot of money here. It's really fun. The girls are really mean, some are nice. Managers are not really nice. Um, they are known to fat shame girls and to fire them on the spot and to lose weight within a couple months. So that's not really nice, but you can make good money here. Next on the list is Sapphires. Sapphires. Sapphires is a very weird club. I worked there for about like two, three days. I didn't make much money. I hated that club. No hate to the club. I just, it just wasn't for me. But I've heard rumors that they R-O-F-I-E, girls drinks and take their money. And I know this because I've had plenty of girls tell me that that's happened to them. So if you do work there, be careful. Next on the list is Cheetahs. So I worked at Cheetahs one night, never went back only because it was a bunch of older women working there that were probably like in their maybe like in their 40s 50s and the reason why they call it cheetahs is because it's for older strippers no hay on older strippers it's really cool but um i didn't make much money there and it was just really ghetto and i didn't like it next club crazy horse three Crazy Horse 3 is such a great club. Management's really nice, the girls are really nice. Just everything overall about the club is really, really cool and really, really fun. Um, I've made a lot of money here and this club, I totally recommend it. Next on the list is Girl Collection. So Girl Collection, as you guys know, it is owned by Floyd Mayweather, who is the boxer. Um, I don't know if I have anything nice to say about this club, only because one of my girlfriends worked there when they first opened, and she did say that she they made her tip out so much to the house mom and to everybody else, she literally went home with like a hundred bucks. So tip out is really expensive, and I don't know if you'll make much money here. Also, I heard you do have to be like on the bigger side to get in this club, so, I don't think I would even be able to get in. Next one is scores. So I have a few friends that work here and they say they really love it and that it's really cool and it's really fun and that they make really good money here. I've personally never worked there before, but if you do want to work there, I highly recommend it as well. Clearly, I'm more spiritual and aligned with the almighty and I know God. Oh Vu. I have a few friends that work at Deja Vu and they said the money is not great but that the management and just everyone that works there overall is super nice so would I recommend it? I'm not sure. Next on the list is Treasures. So again I personally have never worked at Treasures but I had a friend that works there and she said that she really likes it and the money's not bad. I'm sure it's a beautiful club but um, I don't know every stripper that I know in Las Vegas I've never heard of anyone really working there so I don't know how clientele would be. Next on the list is Peppermint Hippo. Okay, so I hear a lot of good things about Peppermint Hippo. I definitely want to audition and try this club out. If you've worked there, let me know how you like it and if money is good there. But I've heard a lot of good things about this club, so I kind of want to go check it out. Next on the list is Chicas Bonitas. So I don't know anyone that works here, but from what I've heard, they hire a lot of Hispanic girls. And I think that's why they called it Chicas Bonitas. I'm sure there's a bunch of different ethnicities that work there, but I'm not sure if money's good there. Again, if you work there, let me know because I'm Mexican. Next on the list is Sophia's. 
So I've met a lot of girls on my club that work at Sophia's and I heard that club is really really good. I actually want to audition there and check it out myself but um, like I said if you work there let me know if you like it and I will definitely go check it out and let you guys know if it's good or not. Next on the list, Hustlers. So I've personally again have never worked at this club but this club is freaking humongatron like it's a, it's huge. This is a strip club and on top of the strip club, it's like a club, like where you just like go and dance and you know, like a regular club. I know a lot of girls that work there. I heard money's really good there. So would I recommend it? Yeah, I will go and check it out. Next on the list, Minx. So I don't really have anything to say about Minx because I literally know nobody that works there or no one really talks about that club. So I don't think that I would recommend it only because no one ever really talks about it. I'm sure money is good, but I'm not sure. So if you work there, comment down below and let everyone know if it's a good club or not. Okay guys, those are all of my strip club recommendations in Las Vegas to work at and to not work at. <laughs> As I stressed before, this is only her opinion, and it only goes by hearsay. Because it's kind of hard to recommend something when someone's just told you about it. So, I put it to you this way. Go and experience it yourself if you have an inclination to go wherever you mentioned it's up to you use your own judgment there was a person that told me this restaurant in Vegas was horrible Maya Kesh said it was horrible person said oh I don't like the food they're horrible I went there and let me tell you the food was great Moroccan food I damn that beat my bit my damn thumbs off trying to eat that stuff it was so good so it all depends. Opinions vary. Now, one thing that I want you to get the concept of is that I'm glamorizing being a stripper. I don't personally, by no stretch. I'm not one to, I'll put money in a slot machine before I give it to a stripper. Put it to you that way. Not that they're less than anybody, I've just encountered a lot of women, went out with one before, well, a couple of them. And what I found was that a lot of them had issues. I've talked to many of them. Friends were going, man, let's go to the strip club. Well, you guys go ahead. No, man, you gotta go too. I'd go order a drink and sit down. One of the girls would come over, talk to me. Well, you know what we're talking about? her background, how she became a stripper. And it's interesting. Different backgrounds. I was under the impression that it was always the molested girl that came in new. Some of these women come from good families, good home. Others had a tough life. Some of them Found it very hard to have a relationship. It varied. Everybody's different. Everybody has a motivation. 
of different sorts. Incentives of different sorts. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the reality of it. Some of the downsides that you deal with that particular industry. And this is with any kind of sexual industry whatsoever. And I'll give you my comments afterwards. So I am a veteran stripper. I have been dancing for a couple years now, and I'm gonna give you a couple reasons why you shouldn't be a stripper and the things you will experience. You will have body dysmorphia. You're gonna be around so many beautiful women that have different bodies than yours, and you're gonna wish that you look like them, that you have bigger boobs, bigger butt, longer hair, shorter hair, just everything in between. There's a possibility that you can be easily influenced. And by that I mean turning into an alcoholic or getting into D-R-U-G-S and so on. And that is because you're literally at a club where people are coming in from different states and they want to go batshit crazy and they want to do crazy stuff. And it can happen. You can be an addict. Stripping can cause really bad mental health issues and depression. And that is because you're absorbing everyone's energy. You're gonna meet really nice people that give you really great energy and make you feel good about yourself, but then you're gonna meet really negative people, and by that I mean customers and girls that are just super rude for no fucking reason. And it sucks because you have to go back to that place and do it all over again. You will get sexually assaulted and people are gonna wanna push your boundaries to the max. Sometimes when I give dances, and this is from personal experience and I'm gonna keep it 100 with you guys, just because guys pay you for a VIP room, they think that they have you all for themselves and they can do literally whatever they want. I have been pushed down to the ground. I have been choked out. I've had my hair pulled to the point where my neck cracked. And I've had guys try to get on top of me and just do crazy shit. And yes, we have bouncers, so they come and they protect us and they take care of us. But it can happen. And that's because they're on freaking drugs and because they're so drunk and not gonna lie and sometimes it is hard to make them stop especially when they're paying you so much money so you have to find a way to control them and tell them not to do that and try to finish the dance and try and get more money but if you feel uncomfortable stop next is you will be super lazy and just not motivated at all and that is because we can pick our own schedule and go any single day that we want to go into work there's going to be so many days where you don't want to work and you're going to be like, I'll just work tomorrow. Okay, I'll work the next day. I'll work the next day. And the next thing you know, you don't work for like a week or two to a month. Another one is it is going to be so hard to save money because you're making so much money, especially if you're a beginner and a baby stripper. If I can go back in time and tell myself I should have saved all my money, I could have had a million houses by now. All right, now, you've heard it. A couple of things here that we have to straighten out. As I told you before, I don't condone this lifestyle. I just looked up the salary for a stripper on average, median salary in Las Vegas, 
it averages out to about $17.07 an hour. $35,510. I posted the article on facebook.com backslash romantic truth. You can read it for yourself. Look, here's the thing. A lot of money varies from the person that gets it. That's the way it goes. Now, of course, there are strippers that make more than 35000 a year. But it was an exaggeration when she was talking about millions of homes. Really? Not so. There's a lot of dysfunction in this particular industry. She addressed some of them. Sexual assault. Drug abuse. And in no way am I trying to ridicule this young lady. Because... This is her experience, and I respect that, and I respect her. And again, this is her opinion. But you got to look at the facts. If stripping was such a profitable profession, as many strippers as we do have in this country, why is it only 20% of Americans making over $100,000 a year? That's a small percentage, folks, out of 330 million people. 10% is 33 million. Think about it for a moment. 66 million people make over $100,000 a year. Everybody else makes less than that. So, if we include the millionaires and billionaires, then you got to include the doctors and the lawyers, the stockbrokers. You see how that percentile could be eaten up very quickly. Real estate developers, real estate brokers. So what does this mean? The majority of people are scrambling trying to make the ends meet. But now we have to look at some things here and we have to be honest with ourselves. These people have to also pay a percentage to the house. In some cases, they have to pay the DJ. If they have a tab running at the bar, they got to pay for that. In some places, they may even have them to pay a fee to even dance. One stripper that I dated in Los Angeles, she had been all around the world stripping. And she would talk about the different places. And she had a couple of hundred thousand dollars put away. But those were hard-earned dollars. And she had some demoralizing things she had to do to get that money. And she said the thing that really got her over the hump where she really was able to put away some money was when she went to Dubai. In places in the Middle East. But after a while, she had a reckoning. And when I met her, she was ready to get out of the industry.
She had been worn out. Burnout. People don't talk about the psychological effects that these individuals have afterwards. They don't talk about the fact that they are now in a situation where they may not have the attention anymore. And it sometimes spirals them down to depression. The body issues they have. They see other women, as she said. But what you have to remember, too, after the party's over, after you've had your fun, you still, in some cases, have a problem trying to get a relationship started. Because those men, no matter how kind they are, nice, they see you as a sexual object. The gentleman who wrote me went to the grocery store with his girlfriend who was a stripper. And how he had to stand there and be humiliated with these men groping her and taking pictures with her because those were the people that patronized her when she went to the club. She had to basically tell him, no, you need to step aside and stay in the shadows. These people are the people who pay me. This is how we drive that nice BMW. This is how we live in the nice home we live in. This is some of the things that are associated with it. And in no way do I want to glamorize this profession. I deplore the exploitation of it. Not only of the women, but of the men too. Because let's think about it for a moment, fellas. I want you to think about how much of a waste of money this is. I went to one club with a friend of mine. He, man, we got to go. Okay, we went. He wouldn't use the damn ATM machine. Those fees were higher than giraffe pussy. And I'm sitting there, really? But it made him feel like a big shot. Because he had these beautiful women up there on the stage crawling to get his 20s and his $100 bills that he really couldn't afford and had to work his ass off the next week in order to make up the difference. But that was his sense of empowerment, of being the man, of being recognized. Hell, I remember when we used to work together and he used to try to show off in front of the women at work. He'd go and get two $100 bills and have the rest in fives, tens, twenties, and ones. Then he'd put a rubber band around the $100 bills. Of course, those were the two that were going to be on the outside of the stack in order to try to impress the women. Have a hundred on the top and a hundred on the bottom. And he would always say they don't never need to know what's in between. I see the problem I have with strippers in general, not not against the women personally. Here's the problem I have with that whole idea. I'm giving you money to get my dick hard 
and to get your attention. I'm supposed to go home with a hard dick and fuck my wife or girlfriend. I can go to a club and do that for free. Dance with the woman, grind with her and everything. Right there on the dance floor. Probably fuck in the parking lot if I wanted to. For free. If I was going to be on that level. But you have some guys that are not effective communicators with women. And I'm not knocking a lady's hustle. If this is how she pays her bills and her mortgage or car payments, so be it. But ladies, one thing to know and understand is short-lived. There are consequences because this is a poor life choice for most people. Because your personal dignity is impugned. I'll never forget we were at this one strip club in Los Angeles. And what this guy did, the lady was dancing on the pole, you know, doing her thing on the stage. It was fully nude. It wasn't supposed to be. And what he did was he laid down a whole trail of $10 bills from the stage down to the floor between his legs. And the woman was getting ready to stoop down and pick him up. And he said, no, I want you to get on your knees. And he had her crawl to him on her knees. I walked out. Friends of mine got mad. Man, what the hell wrong with you? I'm like, man, look. I said, that's that's demoralizing. That's degrading. Oh, you too sensitive. Found out later that she was a single mom trying to feed her kids. I said, I'm not even hitting you with this moral shit about the church and all of this God stuff. I'm not hitting you with that at all. I'm hitting you on the level of your own perception of self. The money is not going to make you happy. It's going to make you comfortable. You're going to be the same person with or without money. The only thing that's going to change is your perception of the people around you. And in a way, your own self-perception. But you're still going to be the same person. And if you have a poor mindset, no matter how much money you have, you're going to always be broke. You heard this woman talk about how she had gone through money. How she had blown it all. And this can happen. What happens a lot of times when people get money, they start making big money. One of the first things they do, they got to show people who they think don't have it. Or and especially the ones that 
We're in a peer group. Look at me. Like I told you. That night, my friend and I went out. He drove a Honda Accord. Dressed like a cop. Looked like he didn't have a damn dime on him. He was worth $600,000 liquid. I'm sitting there. Had much less than he had in the bank. And because I had a Mercedes, I was wearing a Canali suit. The women keyed on me. Thinking that I had the money. I said, nope. Mm-mm. You need to talk to him. Oh, you know, he ain't got no money. He broke. That's what you deal with. Now, these folks are coming in to Vegas. They have a wonderful time. Nothing's wrong with that. Vegas is a party town, as I've always told you. And all of these entities that she mentioned, they're going to make money anyway, regardless. They will always have customers. But what you have to think about, ladies, you have to live your life after stripping. That's a short-lived window. You see how she talked about some of the clubs where the women were older. You don't want to be that lady. You don't want to be that lady. That would be the equivalent of a guy trying to be a, a rapper at age 50 or 60. He went on, made his music when he was in his 20s, and he's still trying to come back at 40 or 50. It's over. The band is playing. The credits are rolling. And you run across people that are trying to play catch-up at the end of their lives. They want to do all this shit at the end. There was a lady in my class when I was going to undergrad. She was 65 and going into the nursing program. Something she had wanted to do ever since she was 16 years old. She got married at 17 and never had a chance to do anything for herself. The first time she thought She'd be able to do something for herself was after her divorce from her husband. Where she had some breathing room. Now, here's the other thing too. For some women, this seems like a lot of money. But we really have to look at what is a lot of money to some people. Salary I was making when I was with Monica. When I first started, I was $8.20 a month. When we found it went our separate ways, it was considerably, way considerably more. She made more in interest in one month than I made in salary.
But here's the thing. That wasn't a measure of our relationship. It was based on how we participated and treated each other. So, what you will find, and I used to hear this shit all the time in the 90s. Single moms that were going out to be strippers and they all were getting ready to go back to college. They were either going to get that CNA or they were going back to get some kind of degree of sorts. I would say about maybe five out of those women actually succeeded. rest of them failed. They got into their life, got the boyfriend, got pregnant, got addicted to the money until the money started coming up short because they were older, they had stretch marks, the boobs started to sag, and guys weren't tipping. Hell, look, friend of mine, myself, this was back in the summer of 98, we went down to Tijuana. And he wanted to go down there. I was going down there to shop and get some things. And he wanted to go down there because one club that he liked to go to. So he went in there, went on and bought a beer. Beer was like five bucks. It was just a can of Takati. Damn. And these women started coming over there to sit by us. How you doing? How you doing? Are you going to buy me a drink? Nope. Don't know you yet. Let's talk a little bit more. Who are you? How you doing? Lady got up. Left. Well, my friend went on and bought the lady a drink. I'm looking at the door, and this woman gets out of the back of a cab, and she comes in. She has a trench coat on. She's looking around, and she goes, and she sits by me. All right, cool. We chatted a little bit. I went and bought her a $5 Takati. <laughs> now, I'm naive and not knowing how the game is played down there. And we got to talking in Spanish a bit. She told me she was married. All right. Well, I ain't gonna make no move on you, that's for sure. The guy that dropped her off in the cab was her husband. So, song comes on, and she says she'll be right back. I'm thinking, okay, you're going to the ladies' room. Nope. It was her turn to dance on stage. She gets up there, takes a trench coat, nothing but ass, heels, and that's it. And she's up there doing her thing. And they're putting money on the stage. And so she goes to the side of the stage, opens her legs up. And this woman, they were married, she was with her husband. And I could tell she was kind of shy. Now her husband was kind of egging on. 
This woman buried her face between that woman's legs and ate her out right there in the club. After she had collected her money and everything, she put back on the trench coat, smiled at me, waved at me, and walked her ass out the door. And I watched the cab pull up. She got in it and took off. My boy was looking at me like, damn, he said, that was quick. I said, yeah. Then I got hip to the game. So his girl asked for another drink. He wanted to get another Takati. Then it was her turn to get up there to dance. So she goes up, starts taking off her clothes. This woman did not get one dollar. Not one dollar. And she was totally naked. Not one buck. And she wasn't a bad looking woman. But she didn't know how to dance. She didn't know how to grind. She didn't know how to... So then she got done, she left. On the way back, I talked about his ass. Because we went to all the bars down there, and it was like, man, look. <laughs> you had me dealing with some second-rate-ass strippers. Oh, man, we had a lot of fun. No, we didn't. I had gone down there. I went to Dearden's. And you probably heard of that store. It's like a department store. I go down there. They have some shirts. Pretty good price. But what I'm telling you is that it all depends on how you want to live your life. You control the narrative of it. But this is just to give you an insight for those of you who have written into the show talking about pursuing this because I wanted to go a little bit more in depth and I said well let me find something from someone who actually did it for a living and is still doing not someone who just go and say well you know not true enough she has a lot of hearsay there but she's doing it she's telling people what they'll need. And she's pointing out a lot of things, a lot of pitfalls. But ladies, one thing I want you to understand about this profession, you're going to be objectified. You're going to be subjected to things you shouldn't be subjected to. And don't believe the bullshit from all these women about how great it is and how much money they make. Plain this up. The article... Is posted on facebook.com backslash romantic truth. I want to thank you guys for listening and take care. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. 
Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.